0: Welcome to another episode of Michigan Hidden History, episode two of season three. Today, we're gonna to talk about the history and founding of the Republican Party it happened in Jackson, Michigan in 1854. The Republican Party is one of the two major political parties in the in the United States. And as I, and as I said before, it was founded in Jackson, Michigan in 1854. The party was founded by anti-slavery activists who were outraged by the passage of the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which which we will get into in this episode, which had opened up new territories to slavery. The Republican Party quickly became a major force in American politics, and it played a key role in the Civil War. After the war, the Republican Party helped to shape the Reconstruction Era and the Gilded Ages. The party has continued to be a major force in American politics ever since, and it and it has held the presidency for the t- for 28 out of out of the last 50 years. So, we're gonna get into the Republican Party and the founding of that party. The Republican Party was founded in Jackson, Michigan on July 6th, 1854. That's right. I said Jackson, Michigan, not Ripon, Wisconsin. Because Ripon, Wisconsin, didn't find the... was not the founding place of the Republican Party. So, Wisconsin likes to take credit for a lot of things that Michigan did. One of them... two, Two of them is that they use their hand as a mitten, which doesn't make sense because their state does not look like a mitten. The second thing is that they have an up north, but it's not really up north to Wisconsin because that term is only for Michiganders. So, yeah, um, those are the two things that, that they take uh, credit for and this is the third thing that they take credit for is the founding of the Republican Party in Ripon, Wisconsin, but it was not founded in, in Ripon, Wisconsin. It was found in Jackson, Michigan and It says clearly on the historical marker in Jackson underneath the oak trees where it was founded it says the state convention that was held here was the founding of the Republican Party. So, unless Ripon, Wisconsin, has a historical marker there in Ripon that says, oh, we also founded the Republican Party, which, I mean, it could. I've never been to Ripon, Wisconsin, but it could. So, I would like to see that a marker and says that it founded the party, the Republican Party, and that maybe I will give it slight recognition on the podcast, but getting back, the party was founded, as I said before, by anti-slavery activists who were outraged by the passage of the Kansas and Nebraska Act, which opened new territories to slavery. The party quickly gained popularity in Michigan as it promised to put an end to the expansion of slavery and to defend the rights of free labor. So, in this case, as you know, Michigan is part of the North. In the North, there were a lot of anti-slavery movements, a lot of no slavery expansion, a lot of abolishing slavery in the North and a lot of northern states have abolished slavery and said that there's no more slavery in the states. So, Michigan abolished slavery when it became a state and since then we haven't had slavery in the state of Michigan. Uh where was I? The first the party's first national convention was held in Philadelphia in 1856 and the party's First presidential candidate candidate was John C. Fremont. Fremont lost the election to Democrat James Buchanan, but the Republican Party quickly became a major force in American politics. One of the key figures in the formation of the Republican Party in Jackson was future Governor Austin Blair. Blair was an active member in the Whig Party, which we will get into after the Kansas and Nebraska Act, but he was very disappointed with the party's stance on slavery. In 1854, he joined a group of like-minded people to form the Republican Party in Jackson, Michigan. The Kansas and Nebraska Act of 1854 was a act that created the territories of Kansas and Nebraska. It was drafted by Democratic Senator Stephen A. Douglas. Now, if that name sounds familiar to any one of you, he's the one who Abraham Lincoln challenged and beat in all those debates early on um, in Abraham Lincoln's career and later in Stephen A. Douglas's career. Um, but, yeah, so... Based on those debates, the people of Illinois voted Abraham Lincoln as senator of the state. So, this Kansas-Nebraska Act passed the 33rd uh, United States Congress and, and was signed into law by President, President Fra- uh, Franklin Pierce. The Kansas-Nebraska Act repealed the Missouri Compromise of 1820, which had prohibited slavery in the Louisiana Purchase north of the thirty-six degree, 30th parallel line, which is just north, which is, which is the southern border of Missouri. So the act also uh, established a popular sovereignty or voting, which allowed residents of each territory to decide for themselves whether or not to allow slavery. Now this was a highly controversial act as many people um poured into Kansas and Nebraska and registered and illegally voted and and as I mean illegal, illegally voted I mean actually illegally voted because because they didn't have the systems that we have set up here today they did, they didn't have any internet they don't have any way to cross reference any of the information that the person is giving so a lot of illegal votes were happening by white settlers at that time so people would come from slavery states anti-slavery states from north to south to vote in this and not Um, but and and it led to a conflict called Bleeding Kansas or Bloody Kansas. As pro-slavery and anti-slavery settlers clashed over the issue, as I said. Now, this also helped contribute to the outbreak of the American Civil War in, in 1861. It was one of the catalyst events that made the Civil War happen. Um, Now... The Kansas-Nebraska Act is a significant event in American history. The act helped to shape the development of the United States and, it's, and it is a, a reminder of the importance of the issue of slavery in American history. In the midst of growing tensions over the issue of slavery in the United States, at that time, Michigan was staunchly an abolitionist state and many of, of its residents were deeply opposed to the expansion of slavery into territories. As I said before, Michigan allowed slavery in the state before it became an actual state. So, d- it, when Michigan was a territory, there was slavery happening in the state of Michigan. Now, that was abolished when it became a state. So, who is this Whig Party, and what does it have to do with slavery and anti-slavery and those movements in, in the United States? So, the Whig Party was a major political party in the United States from the late 1830s through the early 1850s. The party was formed in opposition to President Andrew Jackson and his Democratic Party. The Whigs were one of two major political parties in the United States during the second party system. Okay. So, let me explain this further. So, there's the first party system was with the Federalists and Anti-Federalists. These were whether or not the government the federal government should be big, should be small, all those issues of the Constitution. And that was that um the second party system was between the Whig Party and the Democratic Party that Andrew Jackson created. And then the third political party was the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, which we are currently still in, which has been over a hundred and something years of of uh, of a political party or 200 years, between 100 and 200 years of the same two political parties in the United States. Um, but the Whigs were a coalition of various groups, including former members of the Federalist Party, the National Republican Party, and the Anti-Masonic Party. So, the last two are minor parties that didn't really have that much, didn't really grow to be that big in the United States. Um, So, they joined parties, and they joined together to form one big party. The Whigs were united by their opposition to Jackson's policies, Which the Whigs believed in a strong centralized government which is what the Democrats believe in now. So you can see where the Whigs are going to fall into when in modern times. The Whigs were also supported a strong national government, economic development, and internal improvements. So these are all things that the Democratic Party wants now. And the Republican Party wants the opposite. They want not a strong national government. They want economic development, but they want it in a a different way than than what the Democrats want. And I'm guessing that they want internal improvements, but in a different way. So all these things are interesting to see how they relate from back then and now, which is why I love history so much. So... The Whig Party, strong national government, that's Democrats all over. So so you can see where the party transformation comes in the mid-1960s, eighteen sixties, 1950s, I believe. So going back, the Whigs had four presidents. William Henry Harrison, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, and John Tyler. Harrison died... In office after only a month, and that was because he he didn't wear his jacket when he went out for his inaugural speech in March, went in Washington D.C., which is cold, and he got n- pneumonia and died. So Zachary Taylor became the first vice president to assume the presidency upon the death of the president of the United States. So this was new at the time, so they d- didn't know what to do the Congress didn't actually recognize um, Zachary T- Taylor as the president, and and he had to stick to his guns, and he had to make them listen to him. So that was the case there. And then Zachary Taylor died in office only one year after, and Miller Fillmore became president. At Yeah, and Fillmore was the last Whig president to assume the party. The Whig party collapsed in the 1850s over the issue of slavery. The party was unable to unite on a position of slavery and and the issue divided the party into pro-slavery and anti-slavery factions. The Whig party was eventually replaced by the Republican Party, which we were talking about, which was formed in 1854- by anti-slavery Whigs and other. The Whig Party was a, was a significant political force in the, in the United States for a brief period of time. The party played a major role in American history and it helped shape the development of the United States. The Whig Party is a reminder of the importance of political parties in American democracy. In Michigan, the Republican Party quickly became a dominant a dominant political force in the and in the 1860s elected Austin Blair governor of Michigan the party continued to grow and evolve over the next several years and by the time the civil war started the republican party has had become one of the major parties in the united states the Republican Party in Jackson, Michigan played a significant role in the abolitionist movement and the formation of the party as a whole. It was the it was a party of progressive and social justice and it continues to be one of the two major political parties in the United States. Alright, what was the role in the Civil War? The Republican Party played a key role in the Civil War. As everyone knows, Abraham Lincoln was elected president and the southern states began to succeed, starting with South Carolina. So the party platform al- already called for the abolish- the abolishment of slavery. And Abraham Lincoln obviously led-, led the Union to victory. Otherwise, we we would be in an alternate time where where slavery was allowed in, in the South or the South became completely different of what it is now, like an alternate timeline thing. After the war, the R- Republican Party helped shape the Reconstruction Era, too. That's true, but Abraham Lincoln only could do so much as he was shot shot in the back of the head and died shortly after the end of the Civil War. So the party's policies helped protect the rights of newly freed slaves and party's leaders helped establish the federal government's authority over the former Confederate states. So this was true up until he died. So when when Abraham Lincoln died and his vice president Andrew Johnson took over as president he was from the, from the south and he was he was a democrat so and he undid all the policies that that president lincoln did and he slowly and slowly chipped away at the power that african americans had at the time and soon we have the jim crow laws in the in the south and that is when you know, Jim Crow laws, the KKK, everything gets rolled up and we have a miserable time in the South until the civil rights movement 100 years later and Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks helps and gets those civil rights movements um, passed um, by Congress and signed by Lyndon B. Johnson and um, John F. Kennedy but yeah um, in the Gilded Age the party continued to be a major force in American politics the party's leaders helped shape the Gilded Age this was the period of rapid economic growth and industrialization the party's policies helped create a strong national economy and the party's leaders helped build the modern infrastructure so that would include um, this one, Dwight D. Eisenhower and his um, vision to build the interstate highway system was during this time. They were also a major force in the 20th century. The party's leaders, leaders helped shape the progressive era and period of social and political reforms. The policies, the party's policies helped improve the lives of working Americans and the party's leaders helped to create a more progressive society. So this is where part, the party's party. So as I was saying before the 20th century, this is where the, yeah, 20th century, this is where the party starts changing hands and they start going from. Democrats um, believing in small government and um, and keeping the ways of the past to where the to where the Democrats are believing that big government will help help with um, help and all those other things and this happened with the, when FDR became president, so FDR was the longest serving president of the United States served for four terms and he is the one who passed the new deal and all those things to get the United States back on its feet after the great depression. So basically um, after FDR's terms, the party started switching its, it's um, philosophical philosophical ideals. So the, Republicans now are small government and Democrats are big government and everything else also changed during that time. So, during the 21st century, which is what we are in now, the Republican Party um, helped shape the war on terror, the Great Recession and the Affordable Care Act. The party's policies have been controversial, but the party has remained a major force in American politics. So, let me go through this. So, George Bush actually started the War on Terror, so that was one of the things. He also led us into the Great Recession, um, and it was Mitt Romney who came up with the, uh, for the outline to the Affordable Care Act. So, Mitt Romney was the governor of Massachusetts in the, in the early 2000s, and he... He originally came up with the with the um, outline to the Affordable Care Act because Massachusetts um, had a similar law that that the Affordable Care Act came from that President Obama um, signed into law and making it a national thing. So, the Republican Party is one of the two major political parties in the United States other than the Democratic Party. The party was founded in Jackson, Michigan, yeah, not Ripon, Wisconsin, in, in 1854 by anti-slavery activists. The party played a, has played a key role in American history, as I, as I explained. It held the presidency 28 out of the last 50 years, and the... The Republican Party is a complex and diverse party, and it continues to be a major force in American politics. Thank you for listening. hope you enjoyed this episode on the history of the Republican Party. You can find this wherever podcasts are found. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify because that helps more people find it. And the more listeners I get, the better it is. So this week's quote is, hold on, Out of of the Mountain of Despair, A Stone of Hope by MLK.